0: Hi, hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of In Sochi My name is Andrea Martinez. My name is Andrea Celeste. And we have started this podcast. Uh, in means in English in flower and in song, uh, which is a um, reference to poetic thinking. Um, Where Our plan is to use poetic thinking to give a broader and deeper understanding of reality.
1: Yes, Inquikatl in comes um, from the ancient Mexican poets and um, we think it's a good name to bring to the table and take up some space uh, in order to analyze social phenomenon. We will be drawing from uh, psychology, philosophy, mythology, history of religion, and your regular pop culture reference to do so. Um, well, Andrea and I have more than our names in common as well. <laughs> we are both uh, psychology majors, and Andreita, what about
0: We're both about you? Like psychology graduates and teachers. Graduates, yes, and teachers. And teachers. And teachers. Um, Andrea and I go, well, we also share the name, Andrea and I go way back um, and we met in high school in Mexico City, Andrea still is in Mexico City, but I am in Dublin, so we are doing a bit of a transatlantic podcast because that's been one of the doors that became Painfully obvious through the pandemic, uh, all the things that are possible through online platforms. Um, and however, uh, we, although we have some things in common, we also have uh, different things to that will hopefully enrich our dialogue. Um, I have a PhD in philosophy. I did my PhD on phenomenology. Uh, phenomenology of Migration, in particular, looking at the work of the rather controversial figure, Martin Heidegger. <laughs> um, I am interested in other issues such as sexuality, uh, comparative philosophy, and uh, what the Republicans and the Democrats are up to. <laughs> and Andrea, what
1: about you? Well, um... So, so I'm a graduate right? I'm sorry I have to apologize for all the native English speakers or that are more fluent than I as so an English uh, second language because I haven't been, I haven't done this in a while so I'm am, I am rusty with my terms so I just said major and apparently it's my graduate so um, I did that uh, for my graduate psychology and then I moved uh, to the world of my dreams uh, as a child which is a drama um, Ten years ago, I started my second uh, graduate degree well, in in acting, and now I um, teach um, history of drama and the genealogy of of, of the performer. And um, I I work in a school. I've been doing that for the past uh, four or five years. And um, well, yeah, the. For as obvious as it is, yes, the pandemic brought us together to to do this. We started talking about our regular lives and the horrors of our daily lives. And then we started talking about more serious stuff. And we decided, hey, well, maybe we should throw this, this bottle with a little message on it.
0: So that's one of the reasons um, Andrea and I are... Um joined by our fascination and also our horror uh, at witnessing uh, human experience so the (laughs) pandemic definitely um, brought us together Uh, and while we were talking we realized that there there was something missing in in the public discourse um, or in the mainstream public discourse not just politically but in terms of social analysis um, social theory and we felt that there was a polarity or a polarization where there is little room for critical thinking and so as andrea said initially we wanted to take some space um hopefully offering a different view um not trying to fall either you know within the woke People, or the social justice justice warriors, or um, you know all this all this terminology that we've come up yes, it's with identity politics. The, the so-called
1: politi- identity politics. Yes,
0: um, we want to hopefully bring an alternative view um, because, well, we're both Mexicans, both women, and that was the other yeah thing, thing in common. Yes, <laughs> that is also missing. Yes. Uh, we both really like comedy and uh, political commentary, and um, we want. We also wanted to add not not so much to political commentary, but just to social analysis in general. But there is a lack of female
1: Latin American voices out there. So hopefully, yes, and or or what we also felt is that uh, unless, we are talk- unless women are talking about feminism and gender issues, that's, again, we are segregated to certain topics. Yes. For some reason, there is... If you're
0: is- not raising the flag or taking a stance against something, then you're not doing nothing.
1: Yes, so, and- so, so that's, that's part of it as well. I mean, we, we, we will touch some of those subjects as well, but uh, they, those are... Uh, in our own um, personal research, also, but it's not—it's not everything. And and ba- and basically, what what we were as we talked in in these daily talks or weekly talks, it was like, well, the problem that the main thing that it, that we're missing is that we are all bounded by something. And this is pure physical truth <laughs> according to science. And we constantly forget how we relate to, to one another, not only in a human level, but in a whole, well.
0: I would actually disagree co- with this, this first disagreement. I don't know if we're, well, I mean, I guess you could say that we're bounded by a pure physical truth, but at the same time, um, and this comes maybe from my philosophy background, we're bounded more by the nothingness and the staring at the void that has become so, or maybe that is the pure physical truth uh, of it all, that um,
1: we well, stare at uncertainty together. When, when you put it, how, when, how you phrase it right now is like from the human perspective, and which, yes, as humanity we are just Staring at the abyss, and we should, you know, be in awe and hold hands, staring at this nothingness. But what I also mean is, like, the it's the, the truth that we are uh, genetically three percent apart from a fly. Right.
0: So less, and, hopefully, less anthropocentric.
1: Yes. So yeah. yes, less anthropocentric, less anthropocentric, and more. Um, in terms of, um, well, what led us to in such which is
0: poetic thinking, poetic thinking. So in such a we um, we're going to say, repeat this a few times because we understand the pronunciation is a bit weird. Um, and that's not very few people in our potential audience will know Nawatl, uh, which is a language, um, if you
1: don't know um and, and we don't know now what this, this and we don't know now no we don't know now and yes we should uh, but politically our country took educational decisions that didn't taught didn't teach us this and we haven't we haven't gotten there yet but unlike the irish who know
0: irish uh we do not know all
1: all irish all irish know irish, all is, irish man-
0: is mandatory in uh primary education um of course, it, it's not that common that people speak it after. Because, you know, right. what becomes mandatory in primary education often gets rejected afterwards because that's just the um, yes. way culture works. Um, ha- anyway, so in suchul and one more time, it means in flower and in song. Uh, so in suchul, suchul is flower. In, again, Kwikatl is song. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the history of why why we named
1: uh, the podcast s- such two words such yes uh, well such two terms mm-hmm. they're they're two like um, yeah they're two terms um, philosophical religious poetic terms uh, well so Nesaualcoyotl which is the uh, was was uh, the, an epic. Lord of Texcoco, Texcoco is a region um, in in the now almost dried um, Texcocan Lake. Um, And well, all of these, uh, this was a very, very big lake, which um, uh, united all of these um, Lordships lands. And um, well, to begin with, the nahuatl and uh, was well, the whole this whole mesoamerican culture was uh, based in a very strict aristocratic caste uh, system where one of the highest ranks of uh, of these uh, of, of of the great chain of being was uh, the Tlamaltini, which is the wise one the and and the wise one because he is in possession of in suchitl in Quikatle. so So nesawalcoyotl is this uh, warrior, poet, lord. So this means that he's also one of these wise uh, folk that is in possession of in suchitl in Quikatle, of in flower and in song, which is um, the image or yes, the image, or the incantation, or the invocation uh, to the creator, or 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 that through this uh, one, the the creator resounds in 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 everything, through through this through the songs and through flower, which is like through through the blossoming of 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 natu- of. You know, Nature, nature. And
0: nature. The, the songs of the birds, yes, and the songs. Of so the it's birds. an an kind of engulfing, embracing of these two elements of the songs and the flowers that are present in nature and that are both sacred but they are both also earthly. So the earthly is sacred, is sacred, and so in this sense, the in Meshika culture, which is those who speak at those Clementini. Uh, yeah. Um, they hold a more pantheistic view of reality. The sacred is, was given to me by the giver of life, but uh, the sacred is in me and the sacred is all around me.
1: Yes. And uh, in this sense, so the, the importance of Wal- uh, of Nesawalcoyotl is that he... Um, <sighs> he makes a gathering. He, um, he says, we need um, a series of conferences, <laughs> dialogues uh, between us poets to answer the question, which is, can in still in Cuikatl respond to the enigma of reality, of, life, of, 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 the, of what the Greeks called the telema, which is the reality? And also, can in such and be used to the betterment of the of spirit, but particularly, particularly the human spirit? And uh, well, the answer to those questions is responded affirmatively uh, in, in, in these dialogues. And uh, well, this remained a very important uh, aspect in, 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 this ve- in, in this culture uh, and is one that we will find repeated throughout the globe as far as poetic thinking is, you know, in the importance of poetic thinking for humanity. Um,
0: this is one of the things that we want to do in the podcast as well is so... Um, in flower and in song is a reference to oh, uh, poetic thinking, right? So poetic thinking, meaning, um, is not the analysis of a situation, is not um, sci- scientific objectivism, is not uh, the constructive, but objective, uh, sorry, poetic thinking is the understanding of the whole.
1: Because through, it was revealed through, through its
0: revelation. Through the revelation of it, through poetry, through song, and also, um, an internal intuition. So the truth is out there, but not in the, in the very Western, the X-Files sense, right? Uh, <laughs> we have Mulder and Scully being like, Ooh, the truth is out there. We're going to go find out. Uh, but the truth is out there, but it's also yeah. inside of me. So there, this, this dualism that we see so often in the West, the, 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 re, the understanding of reality in the West, or what we call uh, culturally now the global North, um, in, in societies like the Mexica one are not so um, polarized, but it's like the truth is my intuition of it that is intrinsically connected
1: to what's around me. Yes, uh, yeah. and in in terms of um, you know to, um, to to support this, uh, well, it's basically what Aristotle has to say about po- about poetic thinking in his Poetics, which is um, a part of, of uh, well, part of of, the, of his canon of works which are uh, made, I mean, he, he sets out his whole work to say, okay, all the ways humanity or man can apprehend reality. And one of them is through poetic thinking. Mm-hmm. And what this means is that um, through, some, through something in out, uh, outside of me, it's something else is revealed. Not necessarily that, that, that is, has to do with what the thing maybe means or is and, and its, and it's uh, relation to reality, but also it will, it will tell me more about myself and the otherness. Um, I mean, sorry. Yeah, so
0: we- these this elements, right? So when I, draw, when I draw a comparison between the West and the Mexica culture, it's not like these elements are absent in certain cultures, like the element of truth or the element of uh, poetry. Of course not. They're just like Andrea was saying, uh, po- uh, poetic thinking or po- poetry for Aristotle means certain things. It's just kind of the, the, the understanding of it to the meshikas and the understanding of it to the Greeks, they differ a little bit or a lot, depending on which concept we're talking about. Um,
1: and which Greek you're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. Wait, at what but, point? but but in, but in but in in principle or in in its origin, I would only add that in terms of precisely in terms of poetic thinking, uh, that is where all humanity is bound by the same uh, con- concept or a understanding. Understanding, yes, a, a, a very similar understanding of what poetic thinking is. Which is, I see you and I see and I understand the universe. I see you and God is revealed to me. In a more poetic way, I was, I, 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 this is very blunt, but this is part of it. This is part of it. And this is what, from Greeks to Mexicans to po- Polynesians to Pocahontas. <laughs>
0: um, and... Why do you bring up Pocahontas for poetry well, and, and pantheism? Well,
1: well it, it's not, it's not a, a just way that I bring Pocahontas because I'm bringing the Pocahontas that's being brought to the table is Disney's Pocahontas, not the actual story.
0: Sure, historical. but that's the one but that yeah, we Yeah,
1: that's knows. the one that we know. And this is, this is another thing because the cultural industry that, um, well, wants to... Is set in very capitalistic terms, need us to produce, need us to believe in certain um, frames of, of ideals, uh, knows that poetic thing, knows the power of poetry and of poetic. Of thinking. course. Yes. So one of the one of one of, a good example is yes, the the song The Colors of the Wind, that you know taught a generation to sing along Disney, which is this. Uh there is some there is everything has a spirit everything has a name that responds to its spirit and that is all bound together and the west has no root to this because they are civilized and yada yada but oh it's it's, but totally... it's very but
0: actually sorry it's interrupt but this yeah. the, the, the the it's called animism right and this yeah. is, strongly resonates with children because um Children oh, totally say the table feels sad
1: yeah. or
0: um, purple is a nervous color. Maybe I'm, 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 I'm making those kind of phrases more adult because... It's hard for us to think like a child, right? But like yes. I suppose a better a better example would be the table is sad, right? Which is yes. to ascribe um, human emotions or human characteristics to that which is inanimate and to give it life, right? And so, uh, of course, very very well done in Pocahontas is to use this type of thought and uh, to to appeal to children and to, for them to make um, a successful movie, but. This type, I mean, the, the, the animistic kind of thought, it, of course, comes from metaphorical thinking.
1: Um, yeah, it's it's what I'm sorry, it's what um, what Karl Kerengi, which is a mythologist and a historian of religion, says uh, or links to Cretan civilization, which is Cretan civilization is determined by a gesture, the Cretan gesture, and what's the Cretan gesture? Ah. Uh, being in awe of nature blossoming around them. And for the Cretans, they were a very dualistic um, uh, culture that had um, these two very important gods, which one is Dionysus and the other is Ariadna, who was the, the lady of the labyrinth. And uh, how Dionysus represents the Soe, which is one of the, ter- one of the Greek terms uh, for life. Mm-hmm. So, in, and, and it's for sue in English, you know, sue zoo and zoology comes from, from, this, from this Greek word, which is just life, life that brings life and will never end life. Even if it destroys itself, it will just blossom be, be, because of this destruction, you know. And the, on the other hand, when they're, and they're married, you have Ariadna, which she is the lady that animates. She gives you the soul, the spirit, and those things come together. But one means this, and this non-stop force and the other is this kind of uh, more, well, it's what actually gives the word um, animation. It it's completely has to do with to anima. imbue or infuse life yes. into something. To infuse life. Spirit. Or... Spirit, to infuse yeah. the spirit, yes. Right. Um, um. Well, and just so to close with the Cretans, which they are a very good example of, well, pre-modern history, (laughs) to close with the Cretans, um, they are a very good example of these pre-historical thoughts where where the human, the Anthropos, is not yet in the complete center, but is uh, one with the whole cosmic situation. And that is an awesome situation for them. Uh, even though it, it involves human sacrifice and whatnot, but well, that is what part of what the awesome experience means to this prehistoric time. So now moving a little bit forward um, and returning to Aristotle, what, what he, mean, what, what he uh, includes or what he um, re- um, brings to the table in, uh, in his poetics is that, uh, poiesis is, um, poiesis is an ac- an action and an it, it, it's, it's an action that is related to an experience, a direct experience of something. This experience is not an experience that should be related to, um, Scientific thought, or uh, Sophia, or or this um, intellectual wisdom, which mm-hmm. is which is um, happens inside in philosophy. Yes, uh, but in in but in Phronesis, is it correct this way, Andreta? Phronesis. phronesis? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, but in Phronesis, which is this direct experience that um, through this some through this experience that that is called phronesis which is not any regular experience is this experience that has never happened before and which through it something else will be i will discover something or, or something will be revealed to me uh, so uh poiesis which is the poetic act is um is brought through by phronesis is is this uh, experience that makes me create or bring forth, give life to something that was not here before? Mm-hmm. And this is what we will call the song. The song is the song is the direct result of of Pernices. Um So yes, that and and this is a. Go read Aristotle. I mean, for if you if you want if you want more more responses of of this, you should go read the yeah. Poetics. And but this is this is um in general uh, the basis of 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 poetic His thinking voice. in Aristotle. Yes.
0: Go read Aristotle, uh, like <laughs> Heidegger would say, if only to disagree with him. Yes, um, definitely.
1: We've been doing this for centuries.
0: So Heidegger. Um, Although he's, of course, not the only one who talks about poetic thinking within Western philosophy, um, we're just choosing a few of the people who have uh, discussed poetic thinking as something, if not essential, as something, yeah, as something, period. Um, So although Heidegger uh, disagreed with Aristotle in a lot of uh, relevant ways, Um, He viewed poetic thinking as something, as we've been saying, that reveals something that is otherwise inaccessible through, um, you know, this kind of Sophia intellectual thinking. Uh, So the later Heidegger gets a lot more into this kind of, even his writing becomes even more cryptic than uh, in Being and Time. Uh, because he mm-hmm. wants to kind of like embody he wants his writing to embody the the poetry of of his thinking, uh, although it ends up not being as poetic as it just ends up being slightly incomprehensible, but there are a lot of Heideggerias that would kind of like stone me to death at and say the no he no he's not he 's poetic um, but anyway he, he, he did have a, a lot of admiration for poets, uh, particularly for Holderlin,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and he, ta- he uses Holderlin to talk about, um, poetically, of the river, uh, and he talks about, of course, like, the, this, this kind of, like, archetypal understanding of the river as the journey, um, that th- this, this symbol of the river is, is present in so many um, metaphors, right? Yes, um, since Heraclitus. Of, of the journey, Heraclitus. but Heraclitus. Same- Uh, of since her of the going with the flow even that phrase um so uh when he talks about about Holderlin um there is one particular verse that he refers to uh when he talks also in terms of poetry as as bringing together truth and beauty so for 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 Heidegger Holderlin brings together truth and beauty um so I'm going to just read the, the one line of, uh, that he cites of Holderlin um, because it reminds me of uh, a movie that I will talk about in a second. So Holderlin says, who has most deeply thought loves what is most alive. So those of you who think deeply uh, love life in awe and wonder. And so this is very much, um, this influences, uh, Heidegger influences uh, the filmmaker Terence Malick. Terence Malick uh, translated Heidegger at some point. He was um, uh, very, yeah, he did. He did. Um, I can't remember what he translated uh, from Heidegger, but he, he was academically i don't know if he was an academic scholar he was like uh, a heideggerian scholar he wasn't but he studied heidegger academically okay Um, so that's a bit different um so in his film the tree of life and i mean terence malik has been criticized for being himself very cryptic in his movies and for not making many uh, much sense but again i think terence malik does try to embody this kind of like poetic thinking through cinema uh, which you can you inebriating sense, right? Which of... you can't really do academically anymore. You cannot really think and write poetically in in, in modern academia. So uh, I I do see uh, Terence Malik's endeavor as uh, you know valuable and more prof- profitable. Um, <laughs> But so in the Tree of Life, uh, so if you have watched the Tree of Life is this like archetypal family of, you know, the father being strong and Brad Pitt and the mother yeah. being, I can't remember her the, the name of the actress, which is um, probably not very good, uh, but she's, she looks very nurturing, sweet, tender and very um, motherly, very mother- <laughs> archetyp- archetypically well. motherly. Uh, w- w- what Carl Jung would say is the yeah. archetype of the mother. And so, uh, as in many of Terence Malick's films, there is like a narrating background voice. And so the voice um, says, unless you love, life will flash by you. Which I think is uh, like, again, there's reference to this poetic thinking. Like, unless you ground yourself, unless you put your claws into the ground of life and love it, blindly and passionately life is just you know like a series of blurry images in front of you once you love deeply
1: what is alive then you understand yeah and 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 in order to to do so one must be in a position or one must be um one must be in a in a disposition to be put in a position to do so this is and this is why well from from my background in in theater is one of the, the things that when i when i realized like that was the seed of of my craft to to embody the other regardless of me identifying with this other or not I had to work with this other in order to play it to let it you know occur and uh, well it's and and, the, and I and I allow this to happen because I want you to see this and maybe by seeing this you will experience something and so and something will be revealed and exactly. a will occur. And we will and we haven't, I will, I will just want to do a little note that for those of you that are scholars in these subjects, that we haven't really gone we didn't go deep into the differences or why Aristotle differences myth mythos and logos and how Heidegger treats mythos and logos this as the same. together. Together, but that's one of the reasons why we, we really' Aristotle to, to 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 debunk him but almost.
0: I, yeah, because the point uh, also is, I mean, we can we can delve into myths and logos and all that, but, but let's not it's easier to exemplify yes. through, um it, like you know, the Tree of Life or Pocahontas. The poetry through the actual work through the actual. because it's, uh, just, I am just going to say one more thing about the Tree of Life because I think it's it's it, it's exactly that. So it, the 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 movie, of course, is about like, this kind of like, uh, inherent suffering and passion uh, of, of that life which is loved deeply, right? But the Tree of Life in itself, uh, and Terrence Malik of course, uh, does this very consciously, is a common symbol across cultures. One of them, Mexico. Uh, the Trees of Life in Mexico um, are handcrafts made out of clay. Uh, from the region of Metepec in Estado de Mexico, in the, in the center of, of the country. And uh, in, in those trees of life, uh, you can find skulls, because of course, death is the most central aspect that defines life, very Heideggerian of being towards death. Uh, but also, you find birds in those trees, yeah. and you find flowers. So you find the flowers and the songs in those birds, but also the tree of life. And the life, determination of la- of death, which, of, which is the definitely... The like... Yes, us. Through everything, right? Yeah. Um, and also the tree of life is a, a symbol in Celtic culture. Uh, when you yeah. see tourists coming here, they often get a tattoo or a, or a um, pendant of the tree of life. And so this kind of symbolic... Um, references uh like there's two psychologists that have already talked about this extensively in um their book metaphors we live by is lake of and johnson and they say just like we talked about pocahontas and the tree of life that metaphors are and this kind of metaphorical thinking are intrinsic to thoughts it's not um, mm-hmm. we think therefore we create metaphors but we create metaphors and we think simultaneously so those metaphors are already part of our daily language. Like, for example, uh, he's very high in spirits, or he feels down, or he's in a downward spiral. Yeah, the symbolism of language is, is. He's climbing up the ladder, or he feels yeah. blue, or she feels
1: blue, or. Um, I or just, just the one I've been repeating forever, which is the bringing up, the bringing stuff to the table. Yeah, that exactly. Is, that, that is that is that is one of metaphor. the. It's a metaphor. Yeah, it's, it's all a metaphor.
0: metaphor. Uh, so what Lakoff and Johnson say from the psychology uh, side of, of, of uh, the table, um, and very similar to Heidegger, is that once you realize that our thinking is metaphorical, then something new is revealed. Because what yeah. is revealed is that there is nothing behind the metaphor. There is no, um, there is no objective truth behind the metaphor. There is only the metaphor.
1: Yeah, and in that sense, uh, well, the image of the tree of life that you just gave from Metepec to the Sephiroth and the alchemic tree of life or what have you, uh, and you can actually stretch that out even to the rhizomatic uh, image that Deleuze, uh and his thought or his discourse um, alludes to, which is uh, okay, so we've been thinking about trees, made, but what about we think of rhizomatic stuff, which is it's and and what that what that image what that metaphor brings to the table? It's it's on this co- sort of same idea that from this everything occurs, right. which is the tree of life like death and then the birds and then the flowers and then everything, and in and in that sense, I would want to add. Well, for one, uh, the 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 risomatic image, which mm-hmm. I think it's analog, and also, well, this other, well, what, what one of my uh, teachers um, says that it's the the core of why theater exists, which is, uh, well, my teacher is Luisa Tavira, and what he says is, we do theater, and theater exists in order to remind the other the 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 other that comes to see this um happening uh that death is upon us and one and one has but one life to love or else it will be just some you know this this whole yeah this whole yeah this whole fear of the dispendable thing the whole fear behind fight club actually which is this thing of what am i doing i right. have everything i i have but I, right. i'm of, the, still of the ikea catalog yeah exactly <laughs> exactly
0: the ikea catalog kind of like that. <laughs> um right single, so single
1: serving friends <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so one more point that the last point i suppose that we want to touch on uh before we uh conclude our introduction to in flower and in song or in such linguicatl, is to go back to the question um that is asked by the Tlamantini which is what what is true about the earth is it flowers and songs and as Andrea said the answer is yes but flowers and songs is what is true but the earth metaphors is what is true about the earth and there is nothing behind it and so but what is the concept of truth in the Mexica culture and I I had said previously in Mexica culture that is um internal intuition Uh, this this kind of a connection between my environment and myself but truth also in the west has been understood from the greek concept of aletheia so
1: what is aletheia so to to talk about Alithia, I will go back to Phrenesis. and I will just do this little path, which is from uh, the from Phronesis, Phronesis may occur, and if the poetic act uh, is um, happens, if if the poet writes a song and then sings the song, this song talks about the revelation he, he experienced through this phrenesis. so this revelation is aletheia so this experience I, I experienced something um and this is this is very common also in 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 the in hindu tradition which is the krishna saying so i i went to pick up to pick some flowers so i would bring devotion to the gods and then i realized the flowers are the gods and i danced with joy and in and then until and then this goes this 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 unravels until he realizes he is also god himself and this revelation brings him huge joy and he will sing this to others because in, because if more people uh, get in touch with this experience and 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 experience this revelation. a sort of ethics will also spring, and we will be with uh, we will be in relation with the other in a very different manner than than perhaps to say we are in this capitalistic world
0: <laughs> well that is the thing right like um i mean the the, the other has become the center the, the central concept in so many um theoretical kind of social discourses um, but uh, just going back to to this um, I'll, I'll go back to the, to the other and the and the l- l- connecting with the other but um Heidegger also talks he takes this um concept of aletheia from the greeks and says okay yes aletheia is an unconcealing it's a revelation um of of something that that was that lied hidden uh, but even when something is unconcealed the unconcealing of something necessarily implies the concealing of something else so that is the part that, for him, for him, is missing uh, in the concept of truth or in the concept of felicity, which is once you know. Uh, again, in uh, this, this resembles the Socratic, "I only know that I know nothing," um, which is filled with pride. Which is filled with pride. Uh, which is again, is is this a bit? It's a bit of a of a fake um, humbleness. Yeah, it's like I just know that I don't know, and, and so Heidegger, in a similar way, I suppose, as well, but but maybe even more convinced of 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 how humble he is. Um, whether he's humble or not is not the question, but he thinks he's being humble by saying uh, the the unconcealment of things is the more is it just means more concealment. So um, I
1: forgot. Sorry, sorry. I, I will just. I have to say this quick, yep. forgive us. Um, that is one of the, the Greeks always have the tragic experience among their experiencing anything right. in life. Mm-hmm. So in terms of aletheia, the tragic, uh, the, the tragedy of aletheia is that something is unconcealed, but something is concealed. Right. Uh, like the veal will, will be taking off something, but then something that you didn't know will be covered by this. And you don't know about this. So you will be always looking for this unconcealment of things. And that is part of the tragic experience of life. And
0: so we'll unconceal what are the sounds of Mexico City through the podcast, because what you can hear in the background oh, yeah. is the <laughs> alarm of a car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So well, uh, that that's will that's- become that will become a, a common occurrence yes yeah regular. it's very hard to control noise levels in mexico city oh yes it is um so anyway uh for heidegger poetry is the unconcealment of of things and he sees and and this is what i'm trying to get at is that poetry within language or poetry not only as an experience but as language as part of that experience is a projection through poetry i throw myself outwardly outwardly in order to unconceal to understand towards the other to establish or to reconnect with that poetic experience
1: um which is the creator according to to the tlamaltini the exactly. truth about to, the earth to, to,
0: to reconnect to the sacred uh, for heidegger is and again you know if you if you like terence malik and you think about yourselves you'll see that connection there's always the connection with the earth uh, and, and even in the tree of life there is like the, the the scene of the dinosaurs which people get really confused by and they're like oh this is this is not great it's uh, so down all downhill from here um but i like i think um maybe uh justifying uh terence malik i think kind of there the reference is the 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 distinction between earth and world in heidegger which again is this thrownness human Mm -hmm. beings live in the world and the earth is kind of what remains unconcealed sorry what remains concealed right The, the earth is the more raw and so uh that revelation of the rawness of experience can be like uh, and the beauty of, of of that experience I think is kind of what what brings Heidegger the Tlamantini the flower and song um and the Greeks together yeah
1: that's so yes
0: so we cosmic
1: have a co- bound.
0: the cosmic bound um we have a couple of verses uh because why would we talk about in flower and in song without a couple of verses from uh, Nezahual Coyotl. Um, So I'm just going to read a couple lines and then, Andrea, you can read what you have and then we can... Yeah, we will let In Flower and In Song speak for itself. Exactly. So it's a translation. Uh, We're using Miguel Leon Portilla, who is the academic in Mexico who mostly wrote about these two terms, Flower and Song. So uh, this is part of one of the el Coyotl verses in that conference, colloquium that Andrea was talking about. Only with our flowers we have pleasure, only with our song our sadness disappears. With that, with them, with both flower and song, our weariness also disappears. So, weariness, uh, I I'd say, is more ennui, this kind of um, boredom and this essential boredom right essential dissatisfaction with life so only through flowers and songs can we
1: yeah i'm gonna link that to um i'm gonna link that to orpheus and the and and its myth uh, which is the myth of the poet orpheus uh well he's he's mainly known because of his um voyage to the underworld to rescue his loved one and so he's known as a lover but he's primarily a poet um so well just for y'all to know well my framework for this is uh charles siegel orpheus the myth of the poet and uh what he says there is that um well even though he wants to die well he's not allowed to die by the gods because his his singing is so Brings such joy, and even calms the beasts. You know the fierce and the the, the fierce beasts. That he, he mustn't die. So um, the importance of, of of Orpheus is that through only through song can one overcome grief, which is one of well grief is you know the darkest place of humanity. You know, to be in grief and. Um, and in, in that sense, um, also, I would like to link just to this other uh, very contemporary writer, he's uh, Pascal Kignard, and he has this beautiful essay on music and the origins of music. And he, cite, uh, he quotes the, the another myth, Butes, uh, which is one of the men in the, in the Argos ship that jumps when he listens to the singing of the sirens. Because he cannot hold himself. He must, even though it is frowned upon and you mustn't listen to these kind of women, but but birds and, you know, Greeks starting to badmouth women. Um, <laughs> and he says, I don't care. I, I must throw myself, even though it, it it might cost my life. And what he, he also does this comparison to our modern um, uh, experience with with philharmonic music for instance and he says like we are just sitting there uh letting our only letting our eyes dance in tears when our bodies are rigid we just we can we we've lost this ability to throw ourselves uh to the other and that is maybe one of the reasons why we can not overcome um stuff uh, many many stuff not only more throwing more throwing yeah more, more throwing, throwing so, more dancing I will, yeah. So I will. We're Nietzschean as well. Did we say this? <laughs> so I will do an. Uh, I will. I will read you, uh, y'all. Another, nesawal um, Koyotl, which is the song of spring. He says, uh, in the song, in the house of the paintings, it begins to sing. It rehearses songs. It pours flowers. The song brings joy. Around the flower sings the beautiful and Its songs. Its song unravels the depth of water. To them, various red birds respond. The beautiful red bird beautifully sings. You are the singer in the house of spring. You bring joy to the peoples. So what I like about this one also is that uh, it it um, very clearly um, shows how to this, to, to the to the first poets, um, singing is well. Poetry is linked to singing and to dancing. So this is one. This was very interesting because when the Spaniards asked the tlamaltini to do the translations of of, of their of their codex, or of their of the murals of the poetic murals, they uh, they they had a hard time doing it because the. The ideograms not only mean a word, but they mean maybe a movement as well. Mm-hmm. It's just, and you will, we will find, uh, or one will find this also in in ancient Greek, where certain words also mean certain movements or 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 imply very specific actions. So that that if you like hilarious, like if you laugh hilariously, it means you will become deranged. Right. Well, and
0: I would say that if if there well, that that is what's missing in Heidegger's poetic thinking. I mean, Heidegger can be criticized for a variety of angles, but I'll just say that. that the poetic mm. thinking that Heidegger is talking about is not embodied. Mm. Um, and that I think the flower and the song and the dancing, the, this embodiment of that experience is part of what is so um, Nietzschean and valuable. Yeah, and and and, oh. and and although although heidegger does talk about the throwing of, of like of that movement of throwing yourself out there there is no such um experience kind of like that we will talk more about this in the next episode but of trance of like of the trance of the song and the dancing to yes dress. there is no intoxication of the
1: body through the song Right or or other things.
0: So but that uh,
1: yeah,. Go ahead. No. I will only want to make another uh, note uh, or you know, fun fact, which is um, that is one um, this this need of embodiment from the poet in order to sing its songs is one of the reasons or, or one of the uh, hypotheses why Homer doesn't go in extensively to write um, in the Iliad. About women in a certain way, for instance, so he will not uh, describe and he will not go into the participation of the Amazons All right. uh, mainly because as because when he would when the poet would sing about the things he would sing, he would become them, and uh, he does not side with the barbaric Amazons, so he will not even mention them because mentioning them will make him be one and he will not. he he will not allow himself so there is one of in in, even in ancient greece one of the uh, of of the early sort of repressions of throwing oneself or allowing oneself to become the other because it's a no-no for some moral or political reason
0: can i just bring up the cardi b yeah. yeah, yeah. So, please. so this like because Andrea talked about the Amazons and how like you can't embody certain and certain women are not um, respectable. Yeah. Um. Uh, just uh, if you have heard the new Cardi B and this other woman who is singing with her WAP, um, which stands for Wet Ass Pussy, uh, and the <laughs> song is about. Um, women uh getting pleasure (laughs) out of out of sex right enjoying sex but somehow (laughs) that's still not that's still not something that we can get on board with um so you know uh, all other like all other female singers (laughs) like taylor swift or even Billie eilish right or uh you know more even more seemingly radical um who else do we have there? Of course, Beyonce and you know they're like taking stance against racism and against the Republicans and against body shaming and yeah, yeah, well done. But then here comes Cardi B and says, Hey wet ass pussy. I love having sex. And everybody's <laughs> like, Oh no,
1: can't do that. You can't do that. Can't but you, do can, that. you can you can you can you can um make um reference to sex all the time and make that a product but and, and that's also what is very uncanny because you can't say that Beyoncé hasn't you know made some branding on the sexu- sexualization of herself yet right. she will not sing wet as Pussy that's that's no like that's too nasty. That's, yeah, just that's... nasty.
0: Anyway um so On our next episode, we'll talk more about the intoxication
1: through dance and song. Um, How they are very linked in the, how, how, how song and, and how the origin of song is completely linked to the mystic experience and how mystical experience is linked to intoxication. This being through hunger or through drinking or through, (laughs) it's not hunger. How do you say this? Uh, Through, um, um, taking drugs. No, 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 I mean, no. <laughs> like, it's hunger taking
0: drugs? No, uh, no, no, uh, fasting, fasting. Fasting, all right. Fasting. Okay, so that's it. Thank you for listening. Uh, we have an Instagram account and a YouTube account, and we it's are just... in flower and in song in such Satchitling Hi, ah, uh, Thank you. Andrea
1: Martinez and Andrea Celeste. And um, we'll, be, we'll be doing this hopefully for
0: much longer thank you bye-bye